This is your daily real estate syndication show, and I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today is a highlight show that's packed with value from different guests around a specific topic. Don't forget to like and subscribe, but also go to lifebridgecapital.com where you can sign up to start investing in real estate today. I hope you enjoy the show. Our guest is Alan Lewis. Thanks for being on the show, Alan. Hey, my pleasure. Excited to be here. Thanks, Whitney. Today in this business, like what, what is your you know specific focus and, and what are you doing in this business like today, every day? Yeah. So, you know, at Diversity Fund, we started this company and our big goal is just to create an online investment system so that people can come to the website. We have an SEC qualified REIT. It structures a REIT for tax purposes. And that fund invests in multifamily cash flowing, multifamily value add properties. So, and we have a very low minimum. It's just $500. So someone can start with $500 and all of a sudden be invested into a portfolio of cash flowing real estate. And so that's been a big part of our mission is just to completely equalize access so that no one has an excuse anymore. Everyone can get started with with real estate. On the other side, and this isn't on our website, but I work with some of our higher net worth investors who want to be part of a syndication directly into one asset. Instead of going through a fund structure, we have some investors who are writing bigger checks who say, look, I just want to invest in this 200 unit you know, apartment deal in Dallas or this 300 unit deal in, in Austin. We're doing a lot of deals in Texas right now because we like those markets. And so I'm working with those and having conversations and even work with some of our family office partners and institutional partners that want to write you know, the whole check as a limited partner and, and going through that process. Nice. So, you know, doing this business, you're having these calls with investors just all the time. And you are, I loved how you mentioned this before we started recording too, you're unpacking the complexity. So they're comfortable writing checks, they're comfortable with the knowledge, gaining this knowledge that you're able to give them about real estate and why it's important to own real estate and helping them build that wealth that you were even talking about, you know, in the beginning that you learned as well. So, you know, I'd love to dive into that a little bit and how you unpack that complexity. And so, you know, when the listeners or myself are talking, to our investors, you know, we can be at that same level you are and really understand how to speak to them in a way that that they are comfortable writing the checks, they're comfortable with this investment, and that we're being as as transparent as possible. Yeah, and it really depends on the investor and where they're at. You know, if you're working with a very new investor, you may have to start all the way at the top with just a story of cash flowing real estate. You know, here's why we like it. Here's why it's a low correlated asset. And you don't have to deal with the stock market volatility. Here's why. Here's some of the tax advantages with depreciation. You know, covering your your rental income coming out of the asset. And so you may have to start high level. But for someone who's now ready to get involved in commercial real estate, and they're looking at you as a sponsor. They're looking at you, you know, at the particular deal, a particular market. Then at that point, I really like to help them walk through, well, how do I look at the deal? You know, how do we get comfortable with it? And really go through the story of how we found the deal, why we like it, you know, what our concerns are. I think investors really want to see, okay, help me see the upside. That's the easy part. Now help me understand the risks and how we're going to mitigate them and deal with them. And I think having a balanced story really helps you to establish that credibility. So if I'm in a tertiary market and there may be, you know, some risks, you know, as far as occupancy rates uh, go, you know, I really want to get into the story of the comps. You know, here's a comp that's across the street and here's how it's performing. We went and visited it and here's what we saw. And here's where we think we can duplicate their success. And here's why we think we can match their rent per square foot. You know, here's and really go through exactly how we think about our asset. And the other thing too, I found is a lot of your new investors have what I call analysis paralysis. 
right? They don't know what they don't know. And so if you have all this information, they just don't even know, well, should I, is this enough? Should I be doing twice as much due diligence? You know, and then there are four other questions, secret questions I should be asking. And so as I kind of walk them through, like, here's how I look at comps. You know, here's how I look up at a pro forma. Let me help you understand why, you know, we think you're looking at the IRR and the cash on cash yield while holding and the equity multiple are the three big economic drivers on return that we focus on. And then the other thing too is, is I think is a lot of investors don't want to admit what they don't know. They don't, no one likes saying, Hey, can you explain that to me? I have no idea what you're talking about. And so I just always check in with them as we're having a conversation. Hey, you know, as we're talking about this 18% IRR net to investors, you know, I assume, you know, you've heard that before, but happy to go through that. You know, would that be helpful if we kind of walk through that? And most people say, yeah, if you wouldn't mind going over that again and kind of walking me through the details, you know, even if they're really familiar with it, it's still good to have a refresher and, and have that conversation. I think one of the first things you said there was so important too. You said, you know, it depends on where the investor's at. Right. Yes. And I think you have to be listening closely so you can understand, well, you know, do they have some experience? Do they not? Where are they at? Like you mentioned. And so you know how to how to share this story. You don't want to insult them, but, but you do want to be as transparent and explain those details so they are comfortable, you know, with investing in that deal. So as far as developing this story or I want to back up, though, you know, how do you understand where that investor's at? Maybe what are some questions that you lead into when you're in that conversation so you can understand exactly where they're at? Yeah, and that's exactly it. If you want to know where an investor's at, you just have to ask. And it's that simple. I know sometimes people are a little gun shy and feel like, okay, if I'm just having an initial conversation with this investor, it's probably too early to start asking, you know, some personal questions about past investments. And I don't think that's the case. I, I've always found investors, you know, at this point, they're talking to you about a particular deal. And I think they understand that it's, you know, a very frank conversation about you know, what they're comfortable with and what they've done in the past. So I'll just ask them to say, hey, you know, help me understand so that I can do a better job presenting this deal to you and, and focusing on things that are relevant to your questions. Help me understand, you know, what you've done in the past. You know, have you invested in real estate before? You know, is it, you know, have you done your own, you know, vacation rentals, fix and flip on the residential side? Have you ever invested in an apartment building? You know, tell me about that deal. And then what will happen is they'll tell you their story. And if they've had a deal gone wrong, that's super helpful because now that's a concern that you have to overcome. So if someone's invested and done fix and flip and had a terrible experience, you know, I want to make sure I help understand why that went wrong, went wrong and what the difference is here so that they're not worried about, you know, dealing with the same issues. And so it's really helpful to hear about their deals gone wrong and then help them to see why this is a different scenario and how we've dealt with those risks and don't expect to have the, you know, the same issues. Our guest is Adam Carswell. Thanks for being on the show, Adam. Whitney, thank you for having me. A huge honor for sure and really excited to get talking. No, it's, I'm honored. I'm honored to have you on. Pleasure to, to have you and looking forward to this conversation, just getting to know you a little bit before the show. I'm really looking forward to this, this conversation and, and you have some special skills that anybody in the syndication business needs to know how to do and I'm looking forward to this. And so a little about Adam, he's an entrepreneur and podcast host, a new media marketing expert, an investor relations specialist. He's director at, at Concordia Realty Corporation and business development manager at ASIM Capital Combined, both firms have syndicated, redeveloped, repositioned, and revitalized more than $425 million worth of real estate throughout the United States. Well, Adam, you know, thank you again. Give the listeners a little more about, you know, who you are, your background, you know, a couple of things that we mentioned. I'd love for you to just share a little bit, even where you're at right now, and let's dive in. 
Sure. Yeah. So I'm, I'm coming to you, Whitney, and all of our listeners today live from St. John's, Newfoundland, Canada. Uh, if you want to go ahead and Google it, you can take a look. St. John's is the first city in North America that the sun rises on every day. I moved here in May as a digital nomad and will continue my digital nomad journey to somewhere warmer once November rolls around. So it's been a great experience here. Originally from Cleveland, Ohio, went to Westminster College close to Pittsburgh, um, relocated to Belize to finish my studies and play and coach basketball there. Came back from Belize, moved to Washington, D.C., worked for a company there and then realized I wanted to get into real estate. Fast forward a few more years and now I'm sitting here talking to you, Whitney. So I'm excited. Like I said, let's talk. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Awesome. So you have a skill, you know, with the investors or, or you know, bringing investors in and getting them on the, on the phone and, and, you know, this, you know, you're an investor relations specialist. I know we sh- you shared a little bit about your team and some amazing things you all are up to and doing. And, you know, I know at least one of your, your teammates pretty well, or I've gotten to know him a little bit. And, and I know, you know, just speak very highly of them, but, um, you know, tell me, let's elaborate on this process that you have of bringing investors in and getting them on the phone. Like that, it's so important, right? If we can't get an investor on the phone, you really don't have much, you know, because you got to be able to build that relationship. And, you know, I get, I honestly, I get investment offerings all the time from people I've never met before, never talked to. And I'm like, how, how did you, how did you get my email? <laughs> you know, or, you know, this is not a pre existing relationship. So, so, and a, and a big goal of mine is, is getting investors on the phone. And sometimes, numerous times, you know, if we don't get to meet in person, I want to develop that relationship. I want to understand lots of things about them. But, but that first call is important. And, and I'd love for you to elaborate on, on how you get them there. Yeah. And I want to thank you for kind of bringing this question out of me because I don't think I've ever really taken a hard look at the science of it. It's um, in a way something that I think I've just always kind of done naturally. But when you look at it, you know, closing a deal, bringing bringing someone's equity into the picture um, or just establishing that relationship, I think it does take a certain, maybe not even a necessary amount of skill, but an amount of awareness. Uh, one phrase that I like to to use that I took from someone who's really good at marketing on LinkedIn uh, actually, Joe Applebaum, he always uses the phrase, uh, if you're going to be selling, you're going to be smelling. So in this world of business, in this world of life, really, in building relationships, you have to kind of take a look at the idea of what can this individual do for me now versus what can this individual do for me for life. And I could say it's something that personally, I find a challenge that you have to work on every day. You kind of get stuck sometimes thinking about now, 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 like closing this deal now. Uh, but the more you're able to make it a habit to think about, for example, you and I just kind of meeting for the first time right now, Whitney, you know, looking forward to the next 10 years of us knowing each other, 20 years or whatever, instead of looking forward to like, all right, this episode is going to go out on September 15th. Like, okay, bye. You know, some people actually do have that mindset. And um, I can't speak for the level of success that they have. Maybe people are successful in doing business that way. I've just found that when you meet someone for the first time, when you're interacting with someone for the first time, if you have that idea of, can I sit down and have dinner with this person for the next 10 to 20 years? Because a lot of the times the deals that we're going into in this industry, you know, sometimes they last that long. So um, I guess that's a a brief breakdown of the approach that you want to have in regards to getting someone on the phone and talking about a deal with them is always when you make that first impression, get ready to, uh, you know, at least anticipate a long-term relationship with the individual. I could not agree more. And it's, it, it doesn't matter if I'm networking, you know, at a conference or if I'm, you know, talking to someone just like yourself, I try to allow enough time that just like you and I did talk, you know, before the show and even after some and, you know, even try to follow up and things like that. 
you know, just to develop that relationship. Because like you said, you you never know the value you're going to be able to add to this person or, or how they're going to be able to add it to you as well. And if you if you just cut that off, I mean, that's, I don't know, that, I just feel like you get that sense sometimes, kind of like doing the shotgun approach with business cards in a meeting, you know, uh, mm-hmm. running around. Well, you know, that person didn't make an impression at all. But so can you talk a little bit about maybe your best way to get investors connected uh, to you all and, and to get them on the phone? What do you all use to, to connect, make that first connection? And how do you do that? I think, what, again, what I found most successful is it's always best to, if you are going to maybe present a deal or talk about a deal to an investor, to make sure that you actually have something in advance before even thinking about mentioning it. So if I'm at a networking event, for example, and I know that, you know, for example, right now we have a, a workforce housing deal syndication at ASIM Capital. And so I can't think of any time that I just walked up to someone and say, hey, we have a deal. Like, you know, I... I talk to them. I get to know, actually, you know, you, you prioritize what their why is. You prioritize what they're interested in. And then just, in my opinion, you know, really just keep it ca- as casual as possible. Obviously professional, but casual. And just say something like, hey, you know, we've got this offering going on right now. Would you like to take a look at it? And um, I'd say more than nine times out of 10, 9.5 times out of 10, the individual, if you've built that rapport, if you've taken interest in what gets them going first, they'll say, Sure. Now go ahead, send it over. And then from there, more questions will hopefully come. And once those questions come, you know, because I'm still relatively new to this industry to begin with, Hunter and Michael, who I work with, have a lot more experience. So I'll, I'll go ahead and say, you know, these are great questions. Would you mind hopping on a call with, with Michael or Hunter? And uh, thankfully, those two guys have a lot of respect within the industry. So again, usually the individual's like, yes, please. Like, I want to talk to these guys. So I'd say that's really, you know, how my approach has worked. And I have no reason to, uh, I mean, I want to improve it, but yeah, changes, uh, I don't know which ones I'd make right now. It's going pretty well. Thank you for being a loyal listener of the Real Estate Syndication Show. Please subscribe and like the show. Share it with your friends so we can help them as well. Don't forget, go to lifebridgecapital.com where you can sign up and start investing in real estate today. Have a blessed day. 